Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts today, Aaron Snyder. And I'm Angie Fryermuth. In this episode, we have Lauren Molis talking about her New Horizons Risk Communication Project. Thanks for joining us here today, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on your podcast today. So before we get into your New Horizons project and talking about risk communications, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your career with the Corps? So I have a pretty diverse background, right? Both academically and professionally. I started my academic journey with getting a bachelor's in broadcast journalism, minoring in international studies, specializing in public relations, all at Old Miss. And then while working full time, I earned a master's in integrated marketing communication with West Virginia University. And, you know, I'm still going. I am currently a doctoral candidate in public administration at the University of Texas at Dallas. And I like to research in risk communication, behavioral public administration, leadership, ed policy. Professionally, I started my career in marketing and advertising in Comcast Spotlight which is the advertising division of Comcast Corporation. And I was working there in Nashville uh, shortly after graduating from Ole Miss. I then transitioned into public education back in 2014, where I served as the director of communications at various school districts in Texas up until 2020. So in August 2020, I was really becoming pretty passionate about research within service leadership and so I sought and accepted a position as a public information officer with FEMA in our Region 6 Office of External Affairs. So I'm local to Dallas. The regional office is in Denton. It was a great transition for me. And that brings us up to speed, I think, today to where I'm currently serving as a social scientist supporting risk communication efforts within our dam and levee safety programs. I started actually at the Levy Safety Center in November of 2021. So yeah, a little bit over a year now and was recruited by the director of the Levy Safety Center, Noah Broman. And actually this past month, I transitioned into the Risk Management Center where I'm now supporting more broadly training and development initiatives across the core and specifically, of course, in dam and levy safety. So I'm also very passionate about teaching. I also teach uh, undergraduate business communication at the University of Texas, and I also teach graduate marketing courses as an adjunct professor at Ole Miss. So teaching, presenting, that comes really natural to me. And so it's a great opportunity to be able to share that skill set uh, within the core right now. So little or maybe a lot about me and my background as both a scholar and a practitioner. Well, thank you for joining us today. I am excited to learn more about your project, uh, which is on risk communication. But before we go any further, I think we might want to talk a little bit about the New Horizons program. And so for those listeners that have not heard of the New Horizon program, it is a program that's led by the Corps Institute for Water Resources. And really what happens is detailees can submit proposals to work on specific innovative solutions to some of the course toughest challenges. And so during this time, the detailee will get opportunities to work with a broad range of technical experts uh, from within IWR and across the core to help complete their project. 
Previously, we had worked with Michael Deegan, who is the New Horizons Program Manager, and we did a specific podcast episode on New Horizons. So we will make sure to link that in the episode description so those that want to take a listen can do so. So now back to risk communication. Lauren, can you tell us a little bit about your risk communication project? Right. Let me back up and talk a little bit more about risk communication as well um, and just being a social scientist in that area. And risk communication is really about how people perceive and respond to risk, in this case, flood risk, right? And how communication can be used to really convey information about our, our infrastructure here at the core. Communities living with dams and levees. My niche in particular, right, is to provide this guidance and training workshops to engineers and project managers. For instance, who may need to communicate this really dense technical information with our stakeholders like public officials, emergency responders. And, you know, I think it's important that we as an agency know what effective communication is and how we can promote this more robust shared understanding of our risk estimations. And in the past year, I've witnessed a lot of growth in this area. And I believe our future um, here at the core, we're, it's very strong, right? I can see that we're moving down a path in how we can be better communicators. And when, as you mentioned, Michael Deegan, I was actually helping him on some risk communication related work. He's the one who brought to light the New Horizons program and recruited me to be a part of this. So I, exactly, Michael is the one who, who brought me on and um, began this journey of mine on working on my project. Yeah, that's exciting. And it's really a, such an important area for the core, just communication in general, but in particular, this risk communication. And I think, you know, talking about like converting dense technical information to what the public can understand is, is a challenge. I definitely have seen it on multiple projects that I've worked through where we just have a difficult time conveying information to the public. And, and we talk a lot of time in like numbers and certainty. Um, but it's not always as cut and dry as that. And we always have little nuances that we talk with the public and go down these rabbit holes. And I think it just confuses the message. Like instead of giving the 95% right answer, we're, we go for the 100% answer, but add 15 caveats. And I've, I've seen the public get very confused with this. So I know that's a challenge I've worked through in my career and working with our, our staff on communications. But what are some of the challenges that you've had to work through on this project, both from how we communicate and then just doing the project? Yeah, so that's a great question, right? The, the last few months, I've really just spent um, a portion of my time working as a DTLE within the Institute for Water Resources. And I know as an agency, when we talk about risk communication, our goal is actually risk awareness. And so the project for me was to sort of model this progression of how do we become more risk aware through better, more efficient communication efforts. You know, and I really tried to center it around socially vulnerable communities as well, which I thought to be quite timely with the recent environmental justice guidance coming down. I had survey data actually on hand from my dissertation work studying flood risk and environmental justice throughout Texas and Louisiana. So I thought it'd be pretty powerful to connect this data to questions we have as an agency already about how to increase this awareness in vulnerable populations. My goal is to connect these theoretical assumptions that I pulled from the data and create a pathway for action. So ultimately moving theory to practice. 
And I took these key significant variables of the data findings I already had on hand, and I made what I call the AMC framework, and that is spelled A-M-C-C. And this is my first time actually modeling a theory to practice application. So in itself, it was quite challenging. And, you know, to be frank, there were several moments of reflection and doubt I had feeling some of this imposter syndrome creep up right throughout this project as I'm striving to find the, the best intervention points that made this actionable from this original data. I knew that I had significance in the original data points and I needed to prove how we can make this actionable through access to information, motivation to seek information, trust in government and communication that was both timely and, and pretty comprehensible. Transitioning this data into an actionable model was really no easy feat, but I'm really just proud of the project as a whole and its potential to guide how we can interpret this data and wield it more broadly in the near future. This all sounds interesting and I can't wait to learn more about it in future, I'm sure educational opportunities within the Corps of Engineers. As with anything, there are certain benefits that come with projects. And so can you talk a little bit about the benefits of this project? Yeah, so as the way I see it, um, well, and I have a pretty personal connection with this project and this work, right? So I think there's lots of benefits that come, can come out of it. You know, the AMC framework is grounded in four data variables that, um, you know, I previously talked about, right? The access, the motivation, the trust, the communication. And so I adapted these four variables into actionable intervention points based on literature and emergency management and behavioral science. The four actionable interventions that I created are approach, motivation, collaboration, and communication, hence AMC. Thinking back, I really struggled with wanting this to be a fun catchy name. You know, I recently heard about uh, this model called BATS for behavioral, trying to find behavioral and technical skills analysis. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is so cool, BATS, right? <laughs> I only could come up with AMC um, because it's the only actionable interventions that I found worked in my opinion. So the name just stuck. But if you're viewing the model along um, an intervention line, and it'll, it would make more sense if you have a visual of the work, right, as I'm talking through this. But there's a range from unaware to aware that actually showcases the progression to risk awareness, and it coincides with each AMC intervention. That's the main benefit of the framework is that it shows us where to intervene with the community along this awareness progression line and what those interventions should actually entail, right? So it makes it actionable. You know, the contemplation of risk matures to learning of risk as an individual um, that makes it the community perhaps begins to feel confident in their collaborative guidance. This path toward a greater risk awareness emerges from this humanistic individual perspective about how we understand the progression of awareness for them, right? So it's moving from a more contemplative state to a learning state to an awareness state. And I think that's a really interesting connector and it brings all these interventions together and you can focus then on the greater communication activities that promote awareness. This is good. So what I'm hearing you kind of tell us is that this is a, a guide that will help us to just instruct us as to how to communicate where we are in this process. So if you have somebody that doesn't really know 
or is not aware of these risks, how to initially have that conversation. And then as they learn about it, it tells you how to kind of ramp up your communication so you can be more effective in getting this done. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's exactly what this is intended for, right? Because we don't want to overwhelm someone uh, with all of the information at once, right? There's a gradual process to how we learn. And so this model tries to capture that learning process and create interventions along this awareness spectrum of where it makes the most sense to intervene. So what I heard you say is it's, it's not effective for us to give somebody a 300-page government <laughs> document and say, read this, uh, no. but you know you should give them little like nuggets along the way to help lead them to where we want them to be, which is a benefit to all of us. Indeed, yes. You know, so really, you know, it sounds like you've got a great framework, you've got this pathway, and you're, you're moving it from more the theoretical to the implementable. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, how are you going to roll this out? How are you going to make it implementable? And really, what happens next? You know, that is such a great question. And that's something I am still working on with the Institute and uh, my committee, per se. And we've thought a lot about this as well. And so, it's important to first distinguish that this framework um, is not something that is a one-time use and we're done with it. Once that final intervention for increasing risk awareness is met, we need to understand that this isn't a one-way model for achieving this sort of evergreen risk awareness state. We know that communities, climates, policies, these are all things that are continuously adapting and changing. Therefore, these interventions along the AMC can be re-implemented depending on the awareness state of the community. Ultimately, the framework is to really simplify the knowledge, like you said, of where to intervene based on that progression of awareness natural to a person's contemplative and learning processes. Another question, you know, is this the only way we can achieve risk awareness? Absolutely not, right? This is something that we envision to be reworked, adjusted, transformed as we get new information, as we get new research. This project for me was more about producing that guide of how we can continue to develop these types of practical products for the field using data from real communities that we're, that we're asking these questions about. So it's an informed deliverable there's still so much room to grow and progress. And I really just see this as a jumping off point with so much potential. Well, that's really exciting too. So for our staff and our listeners out there, what kind of thing could they expect from you to see to help guide them through this while they're trying to communicate? Are they going to get pamphlets of information? Is it just going to be a guidebook? Or what, what kind of product do you plan to deliver that could be usable for our staff? Yeah, that's great. So I have um, a few different things in mind. I have a how-to page, just kind of like a one-sheet document that explains, okay, how do we use this in a way that makes sense for our community? So I have a how-to guide. Um, I also have the model as it exists. So the AMC framework, you can see the progression line. You can see the intervention points um, along that progression line. And under each intervention is a full page explanation of how you can implement that intervention and adapt it to your vulnerable community. It's pretty comprehensive. It's about six pages long. And then your how-to one-sheeter is obviously one page. So those are the two deliverables I've produced thus far for this project. But again, in working with um, Michael Deegan and Stacey Langstall and Tyson Vaughn, there are a few 
maybe new products that could come out of this uh, adaptions as it progresses. And we're just really uh, excited to see where this research goes. So how can people find out more about this? The detail for me closed earlier in April. And what my understanding is now of the New Horizons program is they're creating this online folder of sorts that has all of our New Horizons detailed work within it. And so um, I'm not sure if that's live or not yet, but I know you can go in, access the folder, the specific project, and then find all of that information within it. So that is my understanding as far as an access point for this information. But there's, you know, always the opportunity to just reach out to me directly. I am very happy to share and talk more about this. So email, um, my mobile number is also listed on my email. So if you go out to email me or send me a Teams chat, feel free to also, you know, give me a call and we can have a conversation about it as well. Um, I'd love to share this work. That's really exciting. And maybe the, the next model we need to do is actually how to share information within the Corps of Engineers to get it to all of our staff. It's definitely a challenge for us with so many great resources out there. Uh, and the Corps does so many different cool things, uh, but just being able to all know what's out there is hard. And, and really, that's the purpose of this podcast is to share this type of information with our listeners. Really want to thank you, Lauren, for being on the show today. Uh, we appreciate you and your insights to our listeners. We want to hear from you, what topics are important to you and people you're interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. All right. That's a wrap. That was great. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.